your Bibles this morning, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, we're going to read in verse number 1. And an interesting layout here, Jesus tells us the parable and then he gives us a description as to why he uses parables and then he describes the parables. And as we read it, you can look for those three parts. You look for the parable and look for the reason why parables and then look for Jesus to explain the meaning of the parable. And we'll read these first 23 verses of Matthew 13 and take our message there this morning. The Bible says in Matthew 13, verse number 1, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit. Some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables. Because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed." lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. But he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some 30. And we come to this morning to verse number 18. Here's what Jesus calls this parable. He says, Hear ye therefore 
the parable of the sower. And today we're going to title this message, The Parable of the Sower. And we'll talk about this parable. Now, why in the world did the Lord give us parables? It wasn't so that he could hide the meanings of things, so that only certain people could understand it. He gave us parables so that common folks who had common understanding of common things could understand spiritual truth. The word parable literally means to bring alongside of. And so what he did is he brought a common story, an illustration alongside of a spiritual truth. And the parable was designed for folks who didn't understand previously to understand. This is one of the first and the foundational parables in Matthew 13 that lead to a number of other parables. And I want you to know something. If you're going to understand God's word and you're going to understand and be able to apply God's word in your life, you're going to have to ask the Lord to use this parable to begin the process. Because God's word is like a seed that is sown on soil. And your heart is the soil. And if your heart is open and prepared, the seed of God's word will grow inside of you and multiply and bear fruit. But if your heart is hard, if your heart is shallow, if your heart is crowded, the word of God is not going to be able to do its work in your life. Jesus begins his parable teaching in Matthew 13 with the parable of the sower, of the seed, and the soil because the condition of your heart will determine the ability of God's word to work in your life and you see God's work done in your life. The parable of the sower this morning. We'll just begin in verse number one. The Bible says the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. Here we see Jesus by the seaside. I don't know if Jesus was uh, wanting a day at the beach or what, but he's seated by the seaside and his seaside sitting was interrupted by a great multitude of people. The Bible says in verse 2, a great, and great multitudes were gathered to gather unto him. And so we have Jesus here by the seaside, a great multitude gathers around him, and he does something interesting. The Bible says, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Now, why in the world did Jesus go into the ship? Do you think he was trying to hide from the multitude? Not at all. It's kind of a fascinating uh, thing here. Folks who study and know things better than I do, uh, they understand something about the, the mentality of the moment that Jesus was in. Now, Jesus is the creator, and so he has a perfect understanding of physics, and especially uh, in this case, the physics of sound. Most people believe that Jesus got into that boat and got just a little bit off of the shore where the great multitude of people was because still waters will actually multiply and work and make your voice louder than it actually is. It will actually cause your voice to resonate and to echo. And the burden of Christ was to get out in a place where folks could hear his word. I'm encouraged to see that because I'm encouraged to know that Jesus wanted everybody there to hear what he had to say. I want you to understand something about Christ Jesus Christ didn't die for some people. Jesus Christ doesn't love most people. Jesus Christ died on the cross for all people and he loves you and he wants you to know him, to know his word, to be fed by his word and to grow and bear fruit spiritually. God wants to bless you and your family. He wants to give you the strength that you need to make it through the issues of life. God cares. And Jesus, he gets on the boat as he begins, he backs up on the boat and the water will help pronounce his voice so that the teaching of these parables are going to go. 
into the ears and the hearts of the hearer on this day. The Bible says in verse number 3, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, he tells the story, here's the story. Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came, devoured them up. So he begins his parable. The first thing he talks about is that a sower went to sow. Let's talk about who these people are. Now, the sower, ultimately, we're going to know the sower is Jesus. Jesus is sower. He's the sower. In these parables, he's sowing the seed. The seed is the word of God. Jesus is sowing the seed. The seed is the word of God. And the soil that we're going to talk about is the heart of the hearer. The heart of the hearer. And so Jesus begins this parable, this series of parables. He says, now I want you to understand something. I want to tell you a story. A sower went forth to sow. I'll never forget my grandfather sowing grass seed. He, he was so, when I was a kid, he was so good at that. I loved to watch him do it. He'd take a little bucket and he'd sow grass seed and he'd grab a handful of it. I'm talking about Bill Bikes. He'd grab a handful of it. And he, he had a, like a double motion thing with a handful of grass seed. He'd go whoosh and this. And it's just, I remember watching. I was like, I can't believe how perfectly he threw that seed out. And uh, I tried to do it as a kid and I couldn't do it. I can do it a little bit better today, but I've got one of those things now that you go like this. And I'm a cheater. But uh, so we got a sower. Uh, and so the sower, he says, I don't even know about a sower. Now I'll just tell you, everybody listening knew what a sower was. He said, We have a sower that went forth to sow. And the Bible says in verse before, he when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. And the fowls came, devoured them up. So here's the story. The sower went sowing. He said, the, as the seed was spread out, some of the seed fell on the wayside. I'm going to tell you what the wayside was. The wayside was the path. The wayside was the path. It was the roadway. It was the, the cattle path. In my grandfather's garden, you had rows, and he kept, them, he kept them fluffed up just right. If you ever were around my grandfather's garden out on Old Stage Road, you could drive by and see it. In the middle, of the, in, in, the, uh, in where the rows were, it was just perfect. I made a mistake a few times as a child walking through the freshly tilled garden. That is a big, fat no-no. It was irresistible, though. Uh, how, how many of you can identify with this? The garden's freshly tilled. It's a hot summer day. And you don't have shoes on. And it's just irresistible to stick your feet, bare feet, in that freshly tilled up dirt. I would do it right now and suffer the consequences if I had the chance. But what happens is you have rows where things are planted and the soil is conditioned. But then if you're going to work the row, you've got a path that you walk through the row in the garden. There's a path where you walk. The path where you walk, it doesn't grow stuff because it is the wayside. You don't grow crops and cattle paths and you don't grow garden vegetables in the path where you walk. The place beside where you walk is where the seed grows and Jesus is simply telling the folks, now look, the sower went forth sowing and the place that where the seed fell on the wayside, on the path, birds came along and snatched it up and ate the seed. It never had a chance to grow at all. He continues his story. He says in verse Number five, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. He said there's another group, another seeds fell on stony places. The stony places were 
places that just had little bits, shallow dirt on top of rocks. You've seen this. Shallow dirt on top of a rock. It's fun. You get excited. You think, man, I'm going to sow some grass on this. And you sow some grass on this and it comes up. But the next thing you know, if it gets a little bit dry and the sun begins to beat down on that spot that has shallow soil, the, the grass or whatever you sowed that begins to come up, it doesn't survive because it has no root. The Bible says, Jesus telling this story, he says, I sowed the sower, sowed seed on this thin, rocky, stony places, and it came up. It's like hydroseeding. Hydroseeding is an amazing thing. You can make grass grow on anything. You could grow grass on top of my head. You can't grow hair there, but you could grow grass there. It's an amazing thing, but here's what happens. You may get it to grow, but it's not going to last if there's no soil, no place for the roots to take hold. And so Jesus says, I sowed some seed. And when I sowed the seed on the stony places, it came up, but the sun scorched it and it wilted away. It had no root. Verse number 7, he says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. I'm going to know something. The thorns grow and will grow great in good soil. I've got a pile of topsoil at my house right now, and you cannot imagine what kind of weeds that pile of topsoil will grow. Next, you don't do anything to it. It's been sitting there since uh, the beginning of the summer. It's been sitting right there in the side of my yard. I need to do something with it. But it's been sitting there in the side of my yard, and I never sowed one drop of seed on that at all. And you can't even hardly see the dump trailer load of topsoil in the corner of my yard because of all the weeds that's grown up in it. And so the Bible says here, um, some seed fell among thorns. The thorns sprung up and choked the good seed and the good plants out. Finally, verse number 8, the Bible says, But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. He said, But some of the seed that I sowed, it fell on good ground. And when the seed of the word falls on good ground, guess what happens? It takes, grow, it takes root. It grows. It multiplies. It bears fruit. It does what it's supposed to do. And so the Lord Jesus is looking at a multitude of people. And he's not trying to tell a story to mask some mysterious Christian truth. He's telling a story so that common folks, just like you and I, can begin to understand the work of the Word of God in the hearts of hearers and people just like us. And he begins to explain some things and show us some things. The Scripture changes gears just a little bit, and the disciples want to know, why in the world are you teaching in parables? And Jesus gives some instruction. I want to add some clarity to this, but I'm going to try not to spend too much time. Verse 9, look what the Bible says. In verse 9, the Bible says, Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. I love that. Jesus says, I want everybody to hear the word of God. Folks, Jesus wants you to know the word of God. He wants you to grow in the word of God. He wants to help you with his word and his truth. Everybody that has ears, hear, hear the word. Verse 10, the disciples. The disciples came and said to him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? The disciples said, Why are you using these parables? And Jesus answers. He says in verse 11, he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now, some folks want to take this verse of scripture and completely mess it up. They want to emphasize the word mysteries. 
And they want to think that somehow the disciples were so special that there was, they knew things that nobody else could possibly know. And Jesus could, could speak in code. And when the, he spoke in code, the disciples were so uh, intellectually and so spiritually sound and special that they could understand. That's hogwash. It's just not true. Look at this. I want, let's just make it real. Let's just look at it really simply. Jesus says to his disciples, it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. He says, look, you already have had an opportunity to begin to understand the truth of God's word. You've already been, been given the opportunity. There's some things that you are, you've already began to lay a foundation. Some time ago, Jesus had looked at groups of different ones of his disciples and said, Hey, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And Jesus had already began teaching them and talking to them about the work that he was going to do and who he was and how he connects to the Old Testament and the, the hope of the gospel. And these folks, they knew some things. And they had already been exposed to some truth. They weren't special above the multitude of people that they could understand things that other folks couldn't. No, they just had to have an opportunity to understand. I want you to know something. If you're here today, and you've been in church for years and years, and you've had an opportunity to understand some things about God's Word and spiritual truth that other folks have. Don't you walk around on your spiritual high horse shaming people who don't know the Scripture the way that you do. Instead, you ought to humbly live your life in such a way that you're attempting to teach people God's Word and help them with God's Word. Because that's the Spirit of Christ. These disciples, they weren't so special that they knew mysteries that no one else did. No. They just had been exposed to some truth. And Jesus had had a chance to teach them things these other folks hadn't known. And so Jesus, I'm telling them stories, earthly stories, to put alongside spiritual truth so they can understand what they need to know about eternity and about me. He continues. In verse number 12, he says, For whosoever hath to him shall be given. And he shall have more abundance. He says, look, if you've got a foundation, if you have an understanding, a basic understanding of God's word and spiritual truth, he says, if you have it, the more you get, the more you'll have. If you have this foundation, you've got something to hold it in, something to let it nurture and grow in. He says, what you get, you get more and it grows and it does its work. He says, but whosoever hath not... From him shall be taken away even that he hath. He says, if, you, if folks don't have a foundation in Bible truth and don't have a foundation in the gospel message, if they don't have a, a church foundation, a spiritual foundation, he says, look, you can keep putting stuff on them, but they're not going to get it. They're not going to understand it. Jesus was trying to teach his disciples on how to teach. The way we teach and the way we should teach God's word is we should take people from what they know and lay a foundation. Here's what you know. And we build on what folks know. We take them from what they know to the unknown. And we build on what they already have in their noggin. And so Jesus said, look, I can tell them and teach them about the doctrine of soteriology. But it's just going to go right over their heads. Because they don't have the kind of foundation that you do. And so Jesus is not saying that there's mysterious things that I'm going to reveal to you. And if you've ever gotten in your, in your mind that there's some extra super spiritual people around you that can understand God's word better than you can, that's foolish. That's just not true. 
You see, God has given his word to all of us. And God wants to help us. And God wants to teach us. And we've got to learn to start at the basics. And actually, Jesus is going to use this information about parables to begin to lay the foundation and help the folks, this multitude of people that he's speaking to from the ship. He's going to help them understand what they need to do in order to be able to better understand God's word and receive the seed of God's word. Let's just keep looking here because he doubles down a little bit. The Bible says in verse 14, I was in verse 13. He says, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. Verse 14. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. Now, so Jesus says, Here I. I speak to them in parables because they seeing, see not. How do you make sense out of that? Seeing, they see not. And hearing, they hear not. I'll give you an example. There's a stump at my house that looks just like a deer. I'm redneck enough that I stop everything if I think I see a deer, especially in my yard. Something about that. This happens to me on a regular basis. I get up first thing in the morning. It's just barely starting to get daylight. And I stumble my way from the bedroom into the kitchen. There's windows that you can see out of our, from our kitchen. I stumble in there to turn on the coffee pot. How many of you can identify with that? And I'm just telling you, I can't see exactly perfect in the morning. I'm like, why? And I look out the window, and you have no idea how many times I've looked out that window and seen that deer stump. And I'm like, is that a deer? And I'm like, oh, it's that same thinking stump again. It fools me all the time. That is an illustration of seeing we see not. You see it, but you can't really see what it is. You see it, but you don't understand exactly what it is. And finally, when you scrub the sleepy out of your eyes, then you make sense. You're like, it's that same stump again. And hearing, we can't hear. The older I get, the less I, I don't hear as well as I used to. And often I have to tell Ruth, Ruth, I did not hear you. You don't have to look at me and tell me because I can't hear you. And I can't understand. Hearing, we hear not. Seeing, we see not. It's just we don't understand. And so Jesus, he could talk in certain in certain terms, in, in certain ways, and tell folks about biblical Bible truth. And they'd be like, I hear you, but I don't understand it. Hearing, I hear not. I see it, but I don't understand what I'm seeing. And Jesus says, look, disciples, the reason I use parables is because I want everybody to understand. It's so sweet for me to know that it's God's burden for everybody to understand. Don't ever sell yourself short in thinking that there's no way that I can understand Bible truth because I want you to know something. Jesus is determined that you can but how? Jesus determined that you can. And so Jesus has told the parable of the soil. You remember the soils? The hard soil, the shallow soil, the crowded, weedy, thorny soil, and finally the good soil. And the Bible's going to tell us something and teach us something about how we can know and understand and God's Word can work in our hearts and grow and produce fruit. As a very long introduction to what might be a short sermon. Maybe. We'll see. Four simple points. We're going to look at the soil. So the sower is Jesus. 
The seed's the word of God. The soil is your heart. And you know, all of us have a heart that needs to be kept. All of us have a heart that needs to be tended to. All of us are going to have battles with our hearts. And our heart is the soil that God wants to work in. Now, our heart is not this blood-pumping organ in our chest. The heart, the Christian heart, is actually in our mind. The Bible says it like this. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your heart's your thought life. Your heart is your demeanor and your spirit. And God says, if my word is going to do its greatest work, it's going to do its work in the soil of your heart. And so Jesus begins to explain the details of this parable to his disciples in verse 25. Look at it with me. Sorry, not 25. Verse number 19. The Bible says in verse 19, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. He's reminding us of what he said about the wayside soil. In the wayside soil, the Bible says, the sower came and he sowed and some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them up. And Jesus says, he says, look, the description, the, the uh, explanation of that, he says, it's hard-heartedness. Somebody, the seed, the word fell on a hard heart and a hard heart was not willing to hear and receive the seed and it couldn't grow. Now, what we need to know is this, that God's word cannot grow in a hard heart. Folks, you know that the Lord, He wants to teach you. The Lord wants to direct you. The Lord wants to encourage you. The Lord wants to strengthen you. But the Lord cannot do His heart work with His word if your heart is hard. Hard-hearted sinners can't understand and hear and receive the word of God and be saved. It's not until you get to the place where you are broken and you understand that you don't have all the answers and you don't have all the reasons and you can't do it on your own. It's not until then that you have a broken heart and the hardness of your heart is stirred up and broken up that God's Word begins to do its work. What's true for lost people is also true for saved people. You may be here today and you're saved, but your hard-heartedness has caused you to reject God's Word. There are some Christians that are so stubborn and so hard-hearted that they cannot possibly receive the blessing of God's Word because they've let the soil of their heart be trampled and maybe trampled under the feet of bad people, maybe trampled under the circumstances of tough times, but hard-heartedness does not produce fruit and hard hearts can't grow God's Word. Folks, if you want to hear from God's Word. You're going to have to come at God's Word with the spirit of, I don't know everything, but I believe God's Word does, and I want the seed of God's Word to grow in my heart. And when we humbly and in childlike faith begin to read and study God's Word, the next thing you know, God's Word has taken root in good soil and grown and produced. But if you're hard-hearted, the seed of God's Word it can't do its work. The Bible says that the ravens, the fowls of the air, come and take the seed. You can see the seed laying in the cattle path. You can see the seed laying in the street. And the birds come and eat the seed. The seed is snatched away. And the hard-hearted person, you know what the hard-hearted person does? They hear something they're like, man, I might ought to do something about that. But the next thing you know, 
The devil has stolen the seed, has stolen the encouragement, has stolen the burden to do the right thing. He's stolen it away. And you hear something on a Sunday morning, like, man, I need to make a change. Before you leave here today, it'll be gone. The ambition to possibly serve the Lord, to break your heart and to do the right thing, it'll be gone. You won't think about it again until you sit back down here in this church again next Sunday. And I'm glad you're here, but you won't think about it again until next Sunday because your heart's hard. Now, you've let your heart be overruled by unforgiveness and bitterness. You've let your heart be overruled by sin. Your hard heart is keeping the seed of God's Word from growing the way it ought. So Jesus says, I want you to know about hard-hearted soil, hard-hearted Christians, and hard-hearted people. When the sower, Jesus, sows the seed, the Word, it has no opportunity to spring up. It's snatched away. Number one, hard soil. Number two, shallow soil. Is your heart hard? Number two, is your heart shallow? Now, here's what the scripture says in verse number 20. But he that received the seed into stony places. You remember the stony places? It had shallow dirt on top of stone. And he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and anon with joy received it. You, ever, you may have been here. Been a time where you heard the truth. You're like, man, that's awesome. I'm not ever doing that again. I'm not ever going there again. I'm going to keep serving God. Hey, hallelujah, that's awesome. The word springs up in your heart. But look what the Bible says in verse 21. Yet hath he not root in himself. The root system does not, does not develop. And the Bible says, but dureth, that word dureth, like endureth, it endures for a little while, it lasts for a minute. But then, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word, by and by, he is offended. What happens? The stony heart, the heart has got just a little bit of soil that's willing to try to welcome something, but there's hard-heartedness underneath it. There's stone and there's, a, there's shallow, shallowness. The shallow heart is the heart that it has an excitement for a moment, but it just seems to never get anywhere. I've met lots of Christians through the years that are three miles wide and half an inch deep. There's lots of experience, but there's no depth. And I want you to know something about depth, a depth and your soil produces soundness and will produce fruit that God wants to do. You work in your heart. Deep, the depth. Someone said it like this, that deep waters run smooth. Deep waters flow smoothly. Shallow. Some interesting things about shallow soil. There's not much earth on them. There's not much depth. An interesting thing about shallow soil, the Bible talks about the sun shining. The thing that, that ruins grass on shallow soil is sun and drought. You know what's fascinating? The same sun that will cause deep-rooted plants to grow is the same sun that will cause shallow-rooted plants to die. I remember growing up raising tobacco. And I remember one time, the first time I ever noticed, in the middle of the hot, sunny day, the tobacco plants would like wilt down. They'd get this leather, kind of almost shiny look about it. And the first time I saw it, I remember asking my uncle, I said, I said, are they okay? What's wrong with them? And he, he looked at it, and he knew exactly what was going on. He said, oh, no, that's a good sign. He said, when, they're, when they got that real leather, shiny kind of look uh, to them, kind of wilted down a little bit, he said, he said they're growing. 
He said the sun's shining on them and they're growing. The work is happening. They're growing. It's gaining weight right now. I thought that's quite fascinating. It's true. But the exact same sun that was causing that to grow was the same sun that something without roots was calling it to wither away and die. And so the Bible wants us to know something, that shallow soil can't bear the burden, can't bear the trouble, can't deal with the grief, and life is full of grief. And God wants you to be rooted. And God's word, and God as seed sown in deep soil is the kind of thing that will help you to not only make it through the sunshiny, bright, pelting sun of the noonday, it's the very thing that will cause you to thrive and grow in the midst of it. Shallow soil, something else about shallow soil. The Bible says here in verse 21, the Bible says, Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while? For when tribulation or persecution arises, the cause of the word, by and by he is offended. Do you see that? He is offended. How many of you ever dealt with somebody that was offended? That ain't no fun. Offended. How many of you ever find yourself offended? It happens, doesn't it? You may not want to call it offended. You may call it, I'm a little aggravated or offended. You may want to call it, I'm just a little upset. Offended, you won't believe what they said to me. Offended, you can't believe how that turned out. You know how it always is. Offended. The Bible says that shallow people, shallow-hearted Christians are easily offended. If you find yourself often offended, I want you to know something. It is not the offender's problem. It is your problem. And you're the one that needs to deal with the fact that you are easily offended. Offended, often offended. If you find yourself often offended, and you just need to ask God to show you when you're often offended. If you find yourself often offended, you know what you need to do? You need to till up the soil of your heart because there's shallowness there. May God help us. Often offended. The Bible says it like this. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Where does great peace and the ability to get through life without offense, all these offenses of being petty about things, where's the hope? Great peace have they which love thy law. What's the seed? The seed's the word of God, the law of God. The word of God is the thing that will give you a depth of spirit that will help you overcome the offenses that come so often. I'm going to tell you right now, there's seasons in my own life where I've got to remind myself that it's silly to be offended by simple, small things. And remind myself that when I'm off offended, it's because I've allowed shallowness in my heart and my Christian life. And I've got to stir up the soil of my soul. Number one, hard soul, soil. Number two, shallow soil. Number three, crowded soil. You remember the crowded soil? All the thorns. All the weeds. The Bible says in verse 22, He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word... And the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. What happens? There's the crowded heart, the crowded soil. The crowded soil is called up with so many things. He said, I've told this parable and I've told the parable that the seed goes where the weeds are coming up. And the weeds come up before the seed does and it chokes it out. The spiritual application is this. 
seed that comes among the thorns, seed that heareth the word and the care of this world. How many of you have been beaten down recently by the care of this world? I think everybody here could raise their hand. The care of this world's rich. It's heavy. You know, there's certain things about the care of this world that we're going to have to say no to. There's seasons in our lives where we need to learn to say no. And that's good. The care of this world. Our own sinfulness produces the care of this world. Our own laziness causes the care of this world. But the care of this world is a real thing. He says the care of this world and all the, all the busyness is crowding out the opportunity for God's word to work in your heart. Don't have a crowded heart. He doesn't stop there. He says the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Now that's fascinating right there. The deceitfulness of riches. How many of you ever got to a place in your life where you thought, man, if I could get to this spot, then I'm going to be set. Then you got to that spot and you realized that that spot wasn't quite as satisfying as you thought it might be. I, I remember as a child, the beginning, early phase of this, I remember being five years old. And I remember talking to a kid that was 10 years old. And I thought, oh, man. Can you imagine being 10 years old? If, if I could get to 10, when you're 10 years old, you're big. That's awesome. I remember getting to 10 years old and I thought, man, this ain't as big as I thought it was. From that point forward, I kept looking for the day when I got my driver's license. That was the biggest day of my whole life. I couldn't wait to get my driver's license. And I thought, man, when I get my driver's license, this is going to be awesome. When I get 16 and get my driver's license, yeah, I will have arrived. And I got 16, got my driver's license, and I loved it. It was great, but you know what? It wasn't the end all. Because the next thing you know, I needed, I was looking to do something else. I thought, man, I got to go to college, and went to college, and that wasn't the end all. I'm like, man, I, I want to get married, and got married. It was awesome, but that wasn't the end all. I want a family, and I had a family, but that's not the end all. And you get a certain car, and a certain house, and you get a certain job, and you think, oh, man, but every step along the way you understand that this is not the end all to all of your wants and desires and if you get to this spot everything's perfect and the bible calls that the deceitfulness of riches and you can crowd your heart with all the world has to offer and ambition and ambition is good i'm for it work but if you think somehow that's what's going to help make you happy let me tell you something you're going to crowd your heart with worldly ambition, and you're going to miss out on the work that God wants to do in the, with his seed, the word of God, in your heart, but your heart's so crowded that he can't work there. Crowded heart. The Bible says a crowded heart is choked out. The word is choked out. And the Bible says that that crowded heart becomes unfruitful. Very same people who yearn with their hearts and lives to be fruitful, be fruitful, produce, produce, produce. Because they've crowded their heart with the care of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. The Bible says ultimately they become unfruitful. What, is, what are you doing right now that matters for eternity? Look, I'm all for it. Do all you can. You should. Work hard. I'm going to. But I've also got to keep in mind that the only thing that really matters in my life is what matters for eternity. Eternity. Crowded heart. 
is a heart that God's word can't grow in. And finally, God says, I want to tell you about the good soil. The good soil, the Bible says in verse 23, our last verse, but he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, understandeth the word, which also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some and hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. I think it's kind of fascinating. He says, look, you hear the word. Some people have the capacity to bear a hundredfold fruit. Some people have the capacity to bear sixtyfold fruit. Some people have the capacity both to bear thirtyfold fruit. He says everybody's going to be different, but if you'll condition the soil of your heart to receive the word, when the seed, the word of God is planted in your heart, it's going to do the work that God designed for it to do. So what's the assignment? Jesus has told this big parable and explained this parable and talked about parables. What's this? What's, what? Tell me something. You know what God's commissioned you and I to do? All of us? He says, keep your heart. Work it. Protect it. When it needs to be dug up, dig it up. When it needs to be weeded out, weed it out. When it needs to be cleaned up, clean it up. Because your heart is the receiver of the Word of God. And the Word of God is our hope for life and eternity. That's so all you have to do. You need to ask, your Lord, ask the Lord who cares about you. Lord, how's my heart? I want to, know, I want to just confess to you. There are moments and days in my life where I have to know and acknowledge that my heart's hard today. And if I want God to use me, he can't use a hard heart. And I've got to ask the Lord to bust it up. There are seasons in my life where my heart's shallow. I get distracted. I let other things shallow. I get offended easily. And I've got to be reminded, God, I want my heart to be good, good soil so you can do your work. There's often times I've got to deal with a shallow heart. There's often times I've got to deal with a crowded heart. Wasn't it easy to get distracted? If you're like me, I like to do a little bit of everything. I saw a T-shirt. I probably told you this. It said I'd rather be fishing, hunting, farming, golfing. And it had a list of about 15 different things. And all 15, I'm like, I like all those things. Yes, this is fun. I like life. But I'll tell you, if you let the things of life, the cares of life, the deceitfulness of riches cause your heart to be hard, shallow, or just crowded, where you don't have any time for God and God's priorities in your life, you have a heart. It's crowded out and God's word can't do its work. So what does God ask you to do? God says you need to identify what kind of soil you have. And when you've identified what soil you have, you need to take the necessary steps to condition your heart to the kind of place that God can do its work. Well, may the Lord help us. Jesus said this to a multitude of people. Why? Because he wanted them to understand their heart's going to have to be ready. Their hearts are going to have to be prepared if they're going to hear the word of God and be changed by it. What's the condition of your heart? That's why Jesus gives us the parable of the sower. Let's pray.